Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to Story Cuppings. We're in the final days of November, final days of sharing some awesome indie folks I've come to know over the years. And today, um, my podcast connects to an interview I actually just had this month, uh, Craig Boyack. Uh, you know, it's a nice little after a couple of weeks of doing the wartime fiction, you know me, I love my fantasy. So I, I'm excited to see what this particular work of Boyax entails. I know the uh, little blurb on Amazon promised monsters and mayhem and especially monsters and some magic. So, and, and especially monsters monster 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 so i am excited to see what lays in store lay in store lies in store what's in store there we go we'll just bypass the troublesome verb uh what's in store in voyage of the lantern fish dan filson offloaded the last crate of oysters from the small bay trawler. Teamsters would take them from the docks to destinations all up the coast. The old wooden ship creaked where she rubbed against the dock and wouldn't go out again this week. She needed some maintenance, and Dan had a few days to himself. The captain yelled from the deck, Hey, Filson! Don't know what you want with this damned thing, but you need to get it off my ship. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a little linguistic work here. But you need to get it off me ship. Okay. He tossed a burlap sack onto the dock with a splat. Dan picked up the sack. Just something odd to show my friend. I never churned one of these up before. He turned and headed toward town, weaving around the horses and wagons that arrived to pick up the crates. He turned to watch the other ships returning from their daily expeditions. Sails filled the harbor, bringing the daily, daily catch home. Seabirds followed in their wake, hopeful for some bit of debris they could swallow. He climbed the cobblestone streets into the main part of town with the sun on his back. He passed the old church, then paused at the row of taverns. James Cutler might hit those later, but right now... He would be with Dan's sister somewhere. I'm going to pause here. Not just because I have to cough. <coughs> um, we're getting very much... I'm not sensing the magic yet. But we're getting a lot of solid world building here we are getting a lot of great sensory details we're getting a sense of the community our protagonist is a part of and when it comes to fantasy settings especially when we are going to have i'll use this phrase just because fish out of water situation <laughs> um it's important to establish the normal first it's important to establish what is typical. We need to understand what is a regular humdrum typical time for our protagonist if we're going to truly appreciate 
the magic when it does come into the protagonist's life. It's one thing if our protagonist lives in a fantastical realm and the fantastical is part of their normal. That would need to be established right away. But that's not the case here. Our protagonist is part of a humdrum kind of world. The magic hasn't found him yet. And we have to make that clear in his actions in these opening paragraphs so that we understand um, when magic does hit, it's not just a shock for us as the readers, but it's a shock for him as a character. Let's get back into this. Dan found them in one of the shops in the high part of town. Bonnie was making James try on tricorn hats. My old bicorn will serve for now. Don't want my next captain to be upstaged. That old thing's about worn out. Besides, it looks too much like a navy hat. One of these would block the sun better. Hey, you two, Dan said. Dan, save me from another shopping spree. No problem. Thought maybe we'd scrounge some grub at a taver tavern and make a night of it. That sounds lovely, Bonnie said. What's in the sack? Some kind of devil fish we trawled up today. Wondered if James might know what it is. James put an arm on his friend's shoulder. Let's not keep science waiting. I have a mind for food and rum and leaving all these pretty things behind. Well, then you're going to be impressed with this fish. Face like the devil itself. They left the shop, then headed for the row of taverns, turning behind them where the piss trench ran. Yay, piss trenches! Sorry. <laughs> I get it. We're historical. We don't do plumbing in this century. That's fine. I just, there's always like, hey. It's, it's the parent in me. A mother of boys... Anytime something related to poop shit comes along, it's like, hey, poop! Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I am perpetually 12. Okay. <sighs> Tell me if you've ever seen one of these before, Dan said, dumping the fish on the ground. Bonnie jumped behind James, then peeked around his shoulder. Good God, James said. Well, that's what my mate said when we churned it up. The fish was black as coal and over a foot long. A tiny body curled up behind an enormous head. Teeth as long as a man's finger lined the top and bottom jaws. The lower jaw protruded like a bulldog's. Its eyes were marbled and white. Ew, this thing sounds freaky. Could see why they called it a devil fish, man. All right, look at this part, Dan said. He used his fingers to pull forward a long thread from the center of the fish's head. The end lit up like a tiny lantern. Hey, when Dan's fingers reached the lantern, the fish snapped and flopped forward. Damn! Dan put his finger in his mouth. Did it get you? Bonnie asked. Yeah, them teeth are like razors. What are you going to do with it? Leave it for the cats and hope I never see another one. Can't even get a decent filet off in it. The whole thing's head and teeth. 
Come on, we'll nurse your finger over some rum and nice chowder at the Little Neck House, James said. Sounds like a totally normal medical cure for, well, you know, okay. But I just want to pause again, because apparently I can't stop pausing right now. Um, I really like, and granted, I don't know enough about oceanography. I... Marine life is strange and alien to me. <laughs> I don't live by an ocean. So I, I do not know if Craig Boyack is basing this actual fish, this, the fish of his tail on an actual fish. I mean, I am aware of the bioluminescent fish in the extremely low depths that do have the, the lure on the thread that lures prey so they can eat it. I get that. I don't know if they were black. I thought those were like more of a transparent, but again, this is him. This is Boyack world building here. And yes, he's going to, it's cool to take what is already fantastical in our world. And you know, some the na the the marvels of nature, and just doing a little bit to it to make it legit magical for a story. I mean, goodness, um, Adrian Tchaikovsky. If I'm getting the name correct, I could be missing the missing his name up. I'm retiring. I, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna bl I'm gonna blame my COVID brain right now for that. Um. But a lot of his books, he's inspired by the marvels of insects and just kind of twisting and and tweaking with them to help create world building and and change these insects into something far greater and more powerful and terrifying. And I could see that Boyak is perhaps doing that here with this fish because again, nature already has such terrifying things in it. And such marvelous things in it. It really doesn't take much for us as writers to take what is considered normal in our worlds. I mean, quote unquote normal. I mean, let's face it, praying mantises are freaky. But they are a part of our world. But just changing one thing about them. And suddenly you've got an element that could go into a horror story or a fantasy story or an adventure story. And same thing with the fish. We have here something that's very dark and very big, but it's almost all head. And as far as I can remember, when it comes to those bioluminescent fish, I don't remember any of them ever being that big. I could be wrong though. I apologize in advance if I'm wrong. Okay. So, they're going to go heal his finger over chowder. Let's find out what happens. The group found a table and the barmaid delivered their drinks. The only choice was chowder or not. <laughs> okay. They all ordered a bowl of the hearty stew. Looked like a kind of monkfish, James said, only uglier. They have those lanterns, too. Some folks call them frogfish or anglerfish. Why? Bonnie asked. Well, that light is like his fishing pole. Others think he looks like a frog, and never seen one quite like that in all the places I've been. The tavern was full. A group of five over in the far corner wore the uniforms of Hollish. 
They weren't sailors, though, and looked more like army regulars. Other faces were more familiar, and they recognized people from some of the farms or other towns along the coast. So have you decided yet? Dan asked. Bonnie perked up and leaned forward. Dan's sister wasn't just the pretty girl in town. She was truly beautiful, and others watched as she moved. Not yet, James said. After we buried Dad, the old place belongs to me. I just don't have enough saved up to keep it. He pointed to the soldiers. Those lads still expect me to pay the taxes every year. You can take up trawling with me. Maybe we can get our own ship. Only need a small sloop up. Uh, only need a small sloop that can pull the trawl. I don't have the money for a ship either. I may have to take another position on a merchant ship. A few more voyages and maybe I can settle down. No more than four or five years. Bonnie slumped back in a pout. Well, maybe you could sell the house and, and buy the boat and live with us until we can afford our own place. James touched her on the nose. I wouldn't do that to your old father. A man is supposed to take the daughter to his house, not move into hers. Dan pushed his chair back. All right, if you two are going to get cute, I need to visit the trench. Get me another drink, but better make this one a grog. I've had enough rum for one night. I don't want to wait four or five years, Bonnie protested. Well, I don't either, but I can't make a home for us any other way. My pay is higher on a merchant ship than it would be as a trawler, or even on one of those fish boats. Besides, I get to be in charge there, not some deckham picking through lantern fish to salvage the oysters. Dan works hard for what he has. No doubt. There's nobody I respect more, but you see what he earns. How long would it take for him to buy a house and to support a beautiful lady? But you already have a house. James took her hand and kissed it. But I don't have a way to keep it. As a sailor, I can pay the taxes and stow the rest for us. Then we'll have the house and an ability to set up our little nest. Besides, there might even be a chance of hiring out as a captain myself. I think old Captain Barrow would vouch for me if the cartel ever needed a new captain. I think you'd be a splendid captain, but you're going to need a better hat. All right, if you say so. When I become a captain, I'll buy a new hat. I'll hold you to it. James finished his grog and looked at Dan's full mug. What's become of your brother? He's been gone a long time. Probably taking people to see that awful fish. I'm going to check just the same. Be right back. James kissed her hand once more, then headed out back. Candle lanterns almost lit the area of the piss trench. <laughs> I don't think I really want that fully lit. I don't blame them for not quite lighting it. Okay. Their pale yellow glow didn't quite reach the ground. Dan, where have you gotten to? Dan never answered. Hmm. So he turned down the alley toward where they left the fish. From behind and to the left, a rough voice sounded. That's the one we're looking for. The club hit just over James's left ear. Piss splashed across his face as he fell into the trench, and the strong ammonia scent assaulted his nose before he blacked out. Oh. I dig that. That was a great way to end. No, that's... We have here... 
Um, we're still not totally clear about the magic. I mean, we, we get a bit of foreshadowing, I think, because of the fish and the curiosity of the fish. But otherwise, this is a very historical setup. We have a good sense of the time period. We have a good sense of our characters. And we had some really nice foreshadowing about the soldiers. Um, I really appreciated that. Um, first of all, when he's looking at hats, uh, James and Bonnie, um, as far as, you know, looking at hats and the captain and potentially being a captain, but the fact that there are soldiers nearby, the fact that there could potentially be some sort of conflict that they would be serving. Hmm. So are we to assume that the rough voice is a soldier or perhaps some other hooligan? It's, it sounded like most faces in the tavern were very familiar to them. So, but there's places all people visiting from all along the coast. So outsiders would not be out of line in this town. So we have some questions. We are, we are left with some uh, intrigue to, uh, to make us want to keep going. Cause what on earth happened to Dan and what's going on with James and, um, we are not entirely sure why we know that uh if there is a need for people to serve are people just being stolen away to serve on ships that's also possible too it would happen but what would that have to do with the fish so we're kind of left wondering how all of this stuff is going to connect and granted, we don't have to make all these connections right away in the first chapter. That would be, that's giving away too much for our readers. As writers, we have to pace ourselves. Chapter one can be plenty of setup. It should be plenty of setup because we want people to keep going. But we do have to balance out all that setup with establishment about where on earth we are and when we are. And we have that very successfully done here by Craig Boyack in the first chapter of Lanternfish. Um, so if you would like to see a solid example of day in the life establishment of setting with primary characters and their initial motivations, this is a great look at uh, a great example. And of course, I, I'm, I'm looking for these monsters. I want more monsters. I'm really hoping that that freaky devilfish thing was like a baby and there's actually like super giant ones i'm hoping and craig no i'm not gonna be disappointed if there's not i'm just curious so i'm gonna have to keep reading to find out okay <laughs> anyway i think i about did my voice and i gotta keep it easy before i start coughing again so until next week my fellow creatives read on share on and write on my friends Cheers.